Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Separate 
for a reason. So you can't, you know, cater to one side and then expect everybody to be okay with it. You know? You know. Well, baby, baby, baby. The real conversation took place when I later found out that this was in England where the school had to suspend all of their sex education curriculum because they invited a drag queen into the school to teach some class <laughs> and boy did it get graphic. Yes. The uh they, they they started off by saying this transgender person started off saying that there was seventy three genders. Yes, this is what the uh the, the drag queen was teaching the class and one of the boys told them, No, no, I'm upset. Yes, it says one upset child told the the teacher, quote-unquote, there's only two genders. Well, the response was from the drag queen, you've upset me, and <laughs> made the student leave the room. Now, 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 here's how this is twisted. The student is supposed to be in the room, right? Right. Last I checked, now you, you're not supposed to be in the room. So already things have gotten off to a bad start because when you as a quote-unquote teacher can dismiss a child from the room simply because they don't agree with you, it's definitely unacceptable. And at the end of the day, that's really what it was. But boy, that didn't take the cake. You had some 11-year-olds at the school were taught about oral and anal sex while another group learned about sex change operations, and they were shown how skin grafts taken from a girl's arm could be used on an artificial penis. Well, it doesn't stop there. You had some children who were taught how to masturbate. Now I'm still trying to figure out what the visual aid was in all of this teaching. You know, I, I'm sure this wasn't live. Now, now, that, I don't think it went that far. But what was the visual aid? Was it a video? Was it two dolls? What in the world was going on? Well, when the children went home and told their parents, thank God the parents were in an uproar. Because you know what? These days and times, you really can't tell. No, you really are not going to be able to tell what kind of response you're going to get from people. Well, not only the, the school, you know, the teacher, I'm sorry, the parents, but they managed to get 500 people to sign a petition, and now they have put a halt on all sex ed classes. They've put a halt on what they call a the personal social and personal social health and economic curriculum. Now, I know you know this, this different generation. I understand that you know this is um, you know a new way 
you know, and we're dealing with new children. I get all of that. But we have to draw the line somewhere. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot, I repeat, we cannot talk about this stuff to people's children, period. You know, I'm not even going as far as to say you can talk about it if you get the parental consent. Because I can't even imagine sending home a letter that asks parents, can we teach your child about oral and anal sex? Can we teach your child about how they, we add artificial skin to a penis? Can we uh, teach your child how to masturbate? All of that content should be left for the parents. So I can't even agree that we give the parents an opportunity to um, to agree or disagree because it's out of line. It's out of line. You, we, we are sending our children, like I said yesterday, you know, we, we, we have this saying, and I'm sure your mama didn't told you the way my mother told me, I send you to school to learn. Well, they surely was not talking about learning sexual stuff. That is not for the school to do. The school needs to focus on math and English and history, and they can't even get that right. They left out all the black history. We only hear about that in February or around Martin Luther King Day. So even history is twisted. Y'all done taught for years that Christopher Columbus discovered America, and now you didn't got that all twisted up, so now you had to change that name. Listen, you can't even, and not only that, we are, as Americans, we are behind, you know, other countries, China, Korea. So step up your game. And teach our children something. And, and, you know, I get the whole thing where, you know, our children have to learn. Uh, they learn differently because they're enduring other, you know, um, social issues and, you know, economic uh, hardships and, you know, abuse. Aren't other countries the same way? So we don't have to learn how to push past this stuff here. We're going to have to learn how to get in there, and let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Yes, the children are going through something, you know, in in this day and time, but so did we. So did we, and we pushed past it. So, you know, we have to really, um, you know, get to a point where we have got to mature, mature in so many, so many ways, and, you know, we, we have a responsibility as educators to educate our children on the normal stuff in school, not all this extra uh, curriculum. No, no. Like I said, you know, don't don't even consider sending a letter home to me asking me, can you teach my child anything that is not about the basics? You know, you 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 have a hard enough time focusing on that. And just focus on that. Oh, and go back and listen to yesterday's conversation because it was a good one. The, the pastor surely has something to say. They were not accepting of this behavior. And uh, it's just wicked and evil. 
and demonic. It is. It is. When our children are looking at the teacher and they can't figure out whether the teacher is a male or female, already that's a distraction. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. How y'all planning on teaching anything when, when you have a drag queen? Do you know what that is? That's a drag queen, a person who is dressed one way and that's not their sex. So now this is what the children are forced to pay attention to while they're trying to learn what they need to learn in school. And and to the point of a teacher yesterday, as we read in the article, who said, you know what, please don't pay attention to what, don't listen as I'm teaching. So then what is the point of even teaching? Because like one of them, like I think it was Pastor Carroll said, hey, you hardly got the class as it is. So, woo, yesterday was quite Lowly. It was. It was. It was hot. It was a hot topic yesterday. So today is Wow Wednesday, everybody. We have made it by the grace of God to the middle of the week. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And you know, some of us struggle a little more to get through the middle of the week. But you know, with our Wild Wednesdays being what it is. The struggle is behind us. Okay? Have no fear. By the time Vivian gives us our socially conscious news, we'll be up and running and rearing to a go. Okay? So, let's uh, get that that healthy breakfast. Let's uh, tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And... Uh, where? Because we'll be right back. It is estimated that endometriosis affects 1 in 10 women of reproductive age. Endometriosis is a condition where tissue that normally grows in the uterine lining winds up outside the uterus. And these misplaced pieces of tissue, which we refer to as implants or lesions, they undergo hormonal changes during the course of a woman's, woman's cycle, resulting in typically debilitating pain during one's periods, but also sometimes pain in between periods. Many women are undiagnosed because they're unaware of the condition, or they may be too shy to discuss their symptoms with their doctor. Tell everything. Don't get embarrassed. There is no such thing as as TMI when it comes to your health because these symptoms really do help the doctor understand what you could have. A new awareness campaign called Speak Indo provides information on symptoms and a virtual community where women can share information and feel less alone. The website also has a checklist of questions to help women discover if they might have endometriosis. again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Uh, Thank God for ushering us safely 
into the middle of the week. Oh, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. Have no fear. Have no fear. And uh, God is good. He's going to take us through the rest of the week. God spare our life. He's going to take us through the rest of the week. So uh, let's talk to our girl, Viv, and see what she's got to say. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you. A little better, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. Good, good. What you got for us today, Viv? All right, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some interesting news. As things are dying down with COVID and vaccine mandates and mask mandates, We have some individuals who still voluntarily wear masks, which is cool, but police are saying customers should be required to show their faces before being allowed into New York City businesses. The New York City Department of Police chief says, um, we are seeing far too often where people are coming up to our businesses, sometimes with masks, sometimes with mask hoods and latex gloves, and they're being allowed into the stores. And then we have a robbery. They are saying as conditions to enter into stores in New York City, they need to have individuals walk in, pull their mask down to show their face, and then if they wish to put the mask back on. <clears throat> so what do y'all think about that? I know that, I know we have a couple of individuals on the um, do Tom crew that still wear their mask everywhere they go. And they're basically saying, you know, it's your choice, but it's time to start changing things around. The, the, the mask mandates are not mandatory anymore. Vaccines aren't mandatory. So would you walk inside of a store, pull down your mask, show your face, and then put it back on and continue on about your day? Do you think that this is taking things a little too far? Let us know what you think. But this is something that they're trying to implement because they're saying that people are using these masks as a way of hiding their face, and then they're doing some illegal activities such as robbing stores and things like that. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Speaking of police, authorities in Kentucky are praising a toddler for assisting in an arrest of a woman with multiple outstanding warrants for her arrest. So on Friday, deputies with the Whitley County Sheriff's Department arrived at a home in Williamsburg in search of a 45-year-old Tina Hicks. It does not say why they went to this particular home, why they suspected that she was there, but when they arrived, they asked all the adults in the home where she was and none of the adults were willing to speak up. But they say this brave little toddler was who, of course, is being kept anonymous. They said he stood up, put his hands on his hips, and said, it is good to be honest. We shouldn't lie. She is in the room next to the bathroom. Ms. Hicks was arrested and charged with possession of meth and drug paraphernalia. She also is being served with four other outstanding warrants. They say the little boy was there visiting family, and he seemed to be in good health and well taken care of, but just seemed to be in a messed up environment. So we know kids tell it all, so you got to be careful 
because he was not shy about giving up her location, and now she will be serving time. Our next is our next story is following a trend. We spoke about Nettie's House of Spaghetti about two weeks ago, I believe, and they're banning children for, um, under 10 from eating at their establishment. And now we have Chick-fil-A in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, that says they are taking action after a series of, quote, unacceptable behaviors by kids and young teens has forced them to protect their guests, their staff, and their building. Chick-fil-A says, as of last week, all children under the age of 16 are now required to be accompanied by an adult when dining inside the Montgomery County fast food restaurant. Chick-fil-A says the ban is in response to the repeated unacceptable behaviors of unaccompanied children and teens, including mistreatment of property, loud volume and explicit language, disrespect of employees, and unsafe behaviors. They say any child under the age of 16 can still get food, but must take it to go. And I think this is definitely getting out of hand, but in the best way, in my opinion, this is definitely teaching these kids that there are consequences for their actions and there are expectations that need to be followed when you are outside of your parents' care. So it definitely seems like Nettie has a trend and again, I'm all for it. <laughs> Get these kids out of here. Lastly, we have some good news. So on Tuesday, Republican Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signed a bill that will ban transgender uh, gender reassignment procedures for Mississippians under the age of 18. It is a House bill that they are calling House Bill 1125, and not only will it ban reassignment procedures for for individuals under the age of 18, but it bans public funds or tax deductions for gender transition procedures, and it stops Medicaid from covering gender transition-related care in Mississippi. They say this new Mississippi law took effect immediately after it was signed. They say Reeves also signed a law in 2021 to ban transgender athletes from competing in girls' or women's sports. So apparently it's just us who are behind. Parent who is all for this bill says, quote, politicians who don't have an ounce of medical training are interfering with our rights as parents and acting as if they know how to raise and support our children better than we do, end quote. So good for Mississippi, and shout out to Governor Tate. Hopefully this this catches up in other states because, I mean, it seems like it's common sense, but apparently it's not. So hopefully this catches on in other states. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now for our wow story of the week. We got your boy, Mayor Adams, in the headlines again. This time it was for discussing matters of faith. They say Mayor Eric Adams seemingly dismissed the separation of church and state on Tuesday, saying um, that his actions have been guided 
by his religious faith. He was quoted saying, don't tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body. Church is the heart. When you take the heart out of the body, the body dies. Ben Bars, during his remarks, Adams claimed a lack of faith is a cause of homelessness and domestic violence. He addressed the need to instill, quote, some level of faith and belief in our children. He said, when we took prayers out of the schools, guns came into schools. Mm. (laughs) Adams said he's a religious man and puts policies in place with God-like approach to them. He described himself as a, quote, servant of God, end quote. And, of course, his peers are angry, saying things like, It is odd that Mayor Eric Adams would need a refresher on the First Amendment. After all, he was sworn to uphold the Constitution more than once, first as a police officer, later as a state representative, and then again last year upon becoming mayor. The very opening passage of the Bill of Rights makes clear that church and state must be separate, end quote. So what do y'all think now? We've been pretty hard on this man of God. (laughs) So does this change your view on Mayor Eric Adams now? I don't know, but this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, Please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Stuck. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you for uh, covering our socially conscious segment. Um, Spitting bars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious Girl all I can tell you to do is hang on Hang on hang on in case we need Some uh, some clarity On some of our Stories I think I got everything For the most part but I may have slipped past Some things or some things may have slipped past me So just hang around uh, Thank you so much And we pray you have a blessed day if we don't talk to you Okay thank you You as well Thank you Alrighty Mm, we got a couple things to talk about. Got a couple things to talk about. All right, let's talk to our ladies. Elder Natisha, let's say good morning. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am doing better. Thank you. I'm doing better. How are you? Your prayer this morning was great. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. I try to jump on, get my day started Wednesdays a little earlier. It's a pleasure. Uh, So, we are talking about the police are saying, or the police area, department, they're saying that Mm -hmm. now that COVID has slowed down, the numbers have slowed, you know, come down drastically or dramatically that, you know, people are still using masks for safety, but we have those people who are still using masks 
or using masks for unsavory behavior such as robberies. And because of that, they can't, you know, even with surveillance footage, you can't tell who's who behind the masks. So their suggestion is you can't stop people from wearing their masks if they feel they need to wear for safety purposes, but they should be mandated that when they walk in a business, pull down their mask, and I suppose look up into the camera, because then what would be the point? Look up into the camera, then put your mask back on, and then go ahead and migrate around the store and do whatever you want to do. Well, what's your thought on that? Yikes. You know, it's such a slippery slope. I mean, I think humanity, <laughs> we're going to always find a, a way to... Um, to 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 be you know to 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 do the things that that we're gonna do. Um, that that is that's that's tricky. Uh, I think I guess that's the best course of action. I think you know you we we do although COVID numbers are going down, people are still dying from COVID, and mm-hmm. um, you know people are still um, COVID is still very contagious, um, and so I do think that we still do have to use precaution. So I do think that masks are, you know, should be up to the uh, individual. I don't think that you can stop an individual from wearing a mask because if they contract COVID and then it ends, you know, their life, you know, um, it, it becomes a problem. Um, so I guess that's the best course of action, to be honest. I think being able to find out, okay, how do we still allow mask usage because it is necessary, but put in place, you know, ways that we could still identify people. I, I think what's scary about this, right, is when we start thinking about the ushering in of one world orders and all this kind of stuff, uh, utilizing tattoos and other mechanisms for identity, I can almost sense that this will be, you know, the entryway of some of that stuff. Because if you can't stop people from wearing masks, in order to protect their lives, then there has to be another way that we identify people. So then do we start coming into, okay, well, then let's put something in them. Let's put a chip. Let's put a tattoo. Like, you see, so, yikes. Um, we, we just, we, we got we to <laughs> we, we gotta pray and we got to um, just be mindful and aware and alert. Yeah, this, this I agree 100%. Um, as Vivian was um, given that, you know, that story, and I'm saying to myself, well, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> caught mm-hmm. between a rock and a hard place yeah. here. Again, you know, if people feel like they still need to wear their masks and you still have to honor that, is there mm-hmm. any way of getting around that? Because my thing is what if happens is two, three people go through the door at the same time? <laughs> You know, listen, I agree with right. what you said. We find a way around everything. We ain't let nothing mm-hmm. sit through. Everything. While we're thinking <laughs> of preventive measures, they they, they already planning on how they're going to get it. Cutting them corners. <laughs> cutting them corners. Right. Let's see what our Lady Tamika has to say about this thing here. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy wow Wednesday to you, our ladies, and, of course, our listeners. How are you this morning? All righty. Thank you. I'm coming along. Thank you. How are you? 
I am doing well, thank you. Good, good. All right, so, you know, I, I, I would like to think a lot of the remedies and answers come from his due time crew. You know, it seems like we outthink some of these people here. What would you say how we could possibly get around, you know, letting people keep their masks on, but it's pulling down the mask as you go into the store you know, taking a nice pose in the camera and keeping him, you know, going in, pulling your mask back um, up. Is that the remedy to help to stop, you know, these um, identity of the robbers? We are in a, it seems like as the days go on, we're, we're becoming a sadder state, you know, um, even in my neighborhood, some of the places and establishments that were open at an earlier time, now it, it makes it complicated because they're opening later so that I can't get what I need done before I start work um, to minimize the break-ins. You know, we had a 24-hour Rite Aid. It's now closed at a certain time, and it opens a lot later. So, you know, you can't handle any affairs, and it's it's really complicated. You know, you can't tell somebody not to wear a mask, you know. And, and here's the funny thing. We were the establisher of wearing a mask, and now you're telling people not to wear a mask or to pull their mask down. And, and for somebody, you're jeopardizing their health. You don't know, you know, grandma goes out there and she's already sickly. You know, you tell her to put a, pull a mask down, you know, and if she contracts COVID, then what do you say? You know, um, we also have, if you think about it, when we go to the airport and you uh, get your ID, you know, you give them the ID before you get ready to get at, at, at your gate, you know, they tell you to put your mask, pull your mask down, you know, and so that they can see that your face, you know, mimics your ID. You know, are we getting to that point? You know, are we getting to the point where, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but where you use the camera to um, identify, I, I can't think of what, what it is. I know what it is, but I can't verbalize it right now. Where you, um, the camera automatically uh, takes a uh, segment of your face and you're identified, but that also becomes a target for a certain type of demographic. So now you still have problems. So how do you fix that? You can't tell me that when I come in, I have to, but then it becomes one of those things where the person decides, well, if I have to pull my mask down, that I'm not going into your establishment. So now you're still losing money. You know, each way that you move, it makes it really, really complicated. Whatever step you make, you're going to jeopardize a, a a demographic of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it again, yes, we're between a rock and a hard place because it's very hard to man as well as protect. And that's pretty much what we're, what we're talking about. Ah. Let's talk to Shantice and see what she's got to say about this thing here. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. What you got for us today regarding this uh, mask and surveillance? Uh, I agree with a lot of what the ladies were saying. That's where my mind went. So there's going to be someone at the door who stops me and says, oh, I'm sorry, can you put your like?" When I used to go to the club, <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. They check in your ID or, you know, when you're going through TSA at the airport, 
and then you have to give your boarding pass and your ID to go through the um you know the, the security clearance. And they're like, okay, well, you put your mask down just so I can make sure you're you and the ID. Yeah, that's where it goes. And I thought that too, Lady Tamika said, like first it was a huge hassle. They were ready to throw you in jail if you didn't wear a mask. Now because of the criminals, you get thrown in jail if you're not willing to comply with um, pulling your mask down when you walk into these establishments. So, I mean, unfortunately, again, you have the group of people that mess it up for everybody. So, I guess just be ready to pull your mask down a little, you know, upon request. You may just have to wait. If there's multiple of us walking through the door, I can't pull my mask down. If you all walk through the door, it kind of defeats the purpose of wearing a mask. I'm just So, I guess we'll, you know, just have to comply, but I don't think that it's really going to be a force like that because that means you're going to have to pay someone to stand by the door that whole time, and it may happen maybe like the first week or two, and after that, it's just going to be like, whatever, until they get robbed. <laughs> Absolutely, and and that was my thought. I'm like, well, how long is this going to last? Um, you know, because it's 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 a sticky situation, you know, when you're trying to protect the establishment when the establishment wants to be protected. And then, you, okay, so for those, you know, they have cameras. Most times they have cameras at the door, you know, when we see like a robbery or something like that on TV and they're showing us the surveillance on the news, you know, most times the camera is already at the door, you know, so that's a plus. But, again, you know, now, yeah, I don't want to show my face. And why I got to show my face? And, you know, fortunately, they're just going to be – I was thinking about Macy's. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why that came to mind. I was thinking about Macy's. I'm like, well, when you go up in Macy's, you know, you're going to have to, you know, hurry up and put your stuff down. I don't even go to Macy's, so I don't know why I thought about that. But I guess, you know, for the big department stores I'm I'm, I'm thinking about. But, you know, for the, the smaller stores or the um, – what do you call those things? The fast food restaurants which the people seem to be getting crazier and crazier. So it might be just a, a, a new world order for us here um, to have to do something like that. And I guess I don't go many places, so, oh, well, <laughs> it does not bother me none. All right, ladies. We have this child, the toddler, and... We have this child that's a toddler that uh, the police went to this particular home to get, uh, to arrest this woman who had multiple warrants, and nobody wanted to tell. You know, they were asking, where is she, blah, 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 and kept saying no. And a little, the little boy, um, as, as it says, put his hands on his hips and says, you know, it's not good for us to lie and said that, you know, she's in the room next to the bathroom. And I chuckled at this because, you know, a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't want the kids to talk, and then when we want them to talk, they won't talk. And, you know, this particular little one, you know, he spoke up. And, you know, I thought about the same um uh, what's the word I want to use? Confidence. As we, you know, he was able to say, you know, tell the truth. We shouldn't lie. And that just shows how important it is that we tell them about Jesus. 
because if 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 they can regurgitate little things like that and make moves based on what you've taught them, then there's no reason why we should not have them, you know, with the Bible stories and and teaching them about Jesus, so forth and so on. Uh, Lady Tamika. Yeah, I was just thinking about that in that um, (laughs) I I think back to days when um, you're at home, you know, um, and mom tells you not to answer the door or, you know, the phone rings. uh, My mama says she's not home, (laughs) you know, those types of things. It it kind of made me laugh because those are things that, you know, children do. And the sad part about it is in this mentality, it's, oh, well, I don't want you to lie to me. But it's okay for you to lie to somebody else, right, about, you know, right. in, in given situations. And so, you know, what are we teaching our children? It is paramount that we teach them the vir- virtues and guidelines that are necessary. That way, when they're in this situation, they can act on what they were taught. And this is a, a prime example of that. You know, um, I just on a sidebar, I remember one time I was getting on the bus with my mom, and you know, um, I. I believe there's the age bracket of a certain age. At that point, you have to pay. You know, when we got up to the the thing, and she was like, oh, well, I'm just paying for one. And I said, Mommy, but I'm such and such years old. She had just told me seconds before then to tell them that, I'm, you know, I'm five, I'm six, or something like whatever the age, whatever that age bracket was, I was supposed to be under. I was like, no, Mommy, but I'm seven. So, you know, (laughs) what you teach them will definitely come forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Shantis, you know, we got that's one of the reasons why we need to teach these children about Jesus, because it shows that they will practice what they learn. You snitch. Now, here's my thinking. Reminded me of when my little cousin, well, he's not my little cousin, but he's younger than me. I got court doing something, my grandmother asked me, and he was like, yeah, grandma, they in the closet. And I was like, oh, you don't even belong here. Like, it, oh, that just, it put me in the mind of that. But good. That's right, little boy. You tell them cops where they can find this crazy, scary lady. So you don't have to sit around her. That's right. That was all about his comfortability. <laughs> he was like, y'all not sitting ahead of this person around me. Uh, they over there. But it is important, you know, you instill these things. I was speaking to a parent yesterday, and she was saying how, you know, as her and I were speaking, the her daughter, she's in kindergarten, she was just rubbing all up against the, the table and everything, and her mother was like, why are you dusting the furniture with your clothes? She said, then you're going to want to go home and get in the bed. She's like, and that just freaks me out. I said, girl, me too. She said, but then if I ever go home, and, you know, I may sit on the edge of the bed with my clothes. She's like, uh, Mommy, what are you doing sitting on the edge of the bed? She's like, okay, be quiet. You're not supposed to be paying. I'm like, attention to me. And I said, no, but we teach them this. We teach them this, especially if we get on them about it. So now if they see or hear us do the same thing, they're on it. So as it was said, that's what's just being shown. Like, we've already let it be known that you shouldn't lie or you shouldn't do this or things should be done this way. And he's paying a whole lot more attention than what everybody else is thinking. So now when the opportunity presented himself for him to show what he's been taught, he did. 
Absolutely, he sure did. You know, uh, Elder Natisha, as Shantice was talking, it came to my mind when Vivian said he was just a visitor in the home, the little boy. And so it struck me as odd that he would even know who they were referring to and was able to say, she's in the room next to the bathroom. That shows you how much he was paying attention. Yeah, you know, I find this, I was cracking up um, <laughs> when you were telling yes. the story. Because I, I think, I, but here's the beauty of it. I think this is the reason why, this is the lesson that Jesus wanted us to understand when he said, suffer not the children, the little children to come unto me. And when he tells his disciples that he wants them to have childlike faith, I think that reference to children is referring to the fact that, like, they are just innocent and they are unaware of the 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 um the gravity of penalty right they're unaware of this idea between um you know, like consequences if you would for them it's right, simply right. no this is this is this is what's right and i think it's not until you know you mature become a little more aware of things that this idea of truth becomes subjective <laughs> no longer right, is right, it right. But but when you when you teach a child a truth, then you you and 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 I love this because when you teach a child, whether you teach a child child the truth or you teach a child the lie, that seed is grown and planted in them, and it stays with them. And so, to your point, this is the reason why this is the the gravity behind and instilling biblical principles in our children because it is seeds of righteousness that will grow with them. And so when they become fully aware of the gray area, that everything is not so black and white, there can still be that seed of righteousness that pulls on them that says, well, wait a minute here, right? I, I remember this, 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 this lesson. I remember this truth. And I can hold, and I want to hold on to it. And this is why Jesus refers us to say, I want you to have faith like a little child, unaware of anything else, unaware of all right. the consequences, unaware of, of you know, of, of the things around you. But this, that is, that is the, uh, the importance because it really is a seed, and it goes both ways. If you do not plant the seed of righteousness, but you plant the seed of a lie, then unfortunately you will also birth in that child mischievousness and, you know what I'm saying, and destruction and right. self-sabotage. So let's, let's, let's make the right choice and put some seeds of righteousness in them. Absolutely. And it goes for when we smoke and we drink and, you know, we're partying and we're doing all these things around the children, and that's what they're watching. And it becomes a norm. And it looks like this is what's supposed to happen. And we don't realize we're planting these seeds. Um, most people tend to remember things that happen in their childhood much easier than they remember things that happen in, in like, teen years, like, uh, you know, young adult age. You know, it's, it's amazing how people say, I could see that like it was yesterday. And they're like five. You know, so it, it, it is imperative that we take the time to, you know, really, really interject the things of God into their life. 
definitely, definitely, definitely. Here's a, a story that I did come across, but I did not um, pick it up, and that's about this Republican um, uh, Tate Reed out in Mississippi who was banning transgender um, procedures under the age of 18 and even to the point of Medicaid would not support um, different um, care, different levels of care in regards to this lifestyle, if you will, and then took the next step of banning the transgender athletes from participating in the female activities. And it's funny because that's what we talked about yesterday where the, the, um, the, the, the children, in, I think it was in Vermont, where they gave up their state championship um, ability to even, you know, win because they just refused and they bowed out because there was a transgender um, uh, opponent and they felt that they did not want to play against a boy despite the fact that, you know, hey, he's dressing as a girl. But also they went as far as talking about just the, um, what do you call the thing, the, the, the locker room. So this is a lot deeper than what meets the eye. And, you know, to say yes to one thing is kind of like a gateway to say yes to so many other things. Uh, Shantice, what's your, what's your thought on this global um, decision for the state of Mississippi? I love it. I'm here for it. It, it needs to be a lot more of this. For one, I mean, you're still a kid at 18, but God forbid you say that to an 18-year-old. Oh, my God. Um, you know, but you're not considered any type of adult until you reach 18, meaning, you know, you're still unsure about who you are, what you want, you know, even outside of this this topic. But I'm, I definitely, yes, like, let's stop helping these kids mess themselves up before they even have a chance to really get started in life. Let's stop making decisions for these kids. Let's stop taking it upon ourselves to consult with someone else's child about something, especially without speaking to the parent first. I love it. And like Vivian said, it, it needs to be done throughout each state. You know, because now and I think that's another reason why these schools are trying to go hard with getting the kids and put them the schools because it's like, well, this, they made their decision, you know, all this, again, this passive bullying that's going on. Now you're trying to see this to them. I love it. I think it shows that they're paying a lot of attention to the the out. What's the word? The not not the response, but they're paying attention to a lot of what's the result. They're paying attention to the results of these children, you know, wanting to take these hormonal pills and whatever whatever else they're doing um, to now feel comfortable with me changing my gender physically as far as a parent. So I, I think it's really showing that the governor is paying attention to how it, it's just too much, and that's not where their focus should be. The same way if you're a heterosexual. We're not sitting here now teaching you about different flavored condoms and, and this and the third, and, okay, well, make sure you take birth control this way, and, oh, no. So it should be the same way for that lifestyle. 
stay out of it, leave it alone, shut up, and it got nothing to do with you, none of your business, and we're not going to contribute to it. Simple remedy. I love it. All right, all right. Uh, Elton Atisha, you know, we've talked about this on the broadcast many times about how outsiders um, are influencing our children, um, helping our children outside of the parents' um, knowledge at times, uh, sometimes outside of the parental parameters. They've been given the ability, the schools have been given the ability to help the children make decisions, so forth and so on. And now it's like, okay, you know what? 18 is considered the age of, you know, personal consent. And I think about how people, um, you know, years ago they used to say, I'm still trying to find myself, and they're like 35. You're like, yo, really? Ah, really, you're still trying to find yourself at 35? Uh, or how many other people... You know, uh, I was listening to something the other day, and they were saying people like it, as late as 45 and 50 are still trying to find their purpose in life. And I'm saying, well, that speaks a lot for how we're allowing children to make their own decisions. What, what's your thought on this global um, decision from this um, politician? So is this a global decision or is this a state decision? Just, that's what I mean. When I say global, I mean state, statewide. Oh. I'm sorry, oh, I didn't mean oh, all okay, over. No, no, no. I meant for the state of Mississippi. I apologize. Got it. Got it. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I love it, and I do agree that I think that there are so many um, other states that ought to be making, you know, following suit so that we can protect. Because here's the thing. We never have balance. Like, I understand the um, – those who want to protect the rights of humanity, right? We want to respect everyone's right and freedom to exist and be who they think and feel they ought to be and all this other kind of stuff. All right. But then to say that that should begin as early as 10 and and 9 and 13 and 14 years old is ridiculous because you know how many changes a person goes through and when you start going through um, the, the, the season of, um, what is it, when you, uh, when you start going through um, puberty, puberty. When you, yeah, yeah, when you start going through puberty, then you already start experiencing all type of even hormonal um, differences and changes that impact the way you feel. And so you start looking at yourself differently. You're wondering, you know, what you like, who you are. So... To interfere with that at such an early age and making permanent decisions that now a person just has to commit to. I was going through puberty when I was 14 and was having different type of feelings that I didn't know about. I didn't know. I didn't have anyone to really fully give me space to um, to, to to live that out. Instead. They went with my immature feelings, and now I've made a permanent decision that I just have right. to commit to. Mm. You know, and so mm-hmm. I, I think I think balance. I think balance here is so important. Our ability to understand. Yes, I want to respect your individuality. I want to respect what you think you feel about yourself, but I also want to give you time. I want to give you time to work 
through all of the different levels of changes and, and biological changes that you will go through. And, and, I, and it is, it's not uncommon to me. It's not lost on me why a 45-year-old will say, I'm still trying to find myself. I was having this conversation with someone to say there are so many different um, couples, wives that I minister to, that when we really get down to the crux of why they feel like they want to divorce and they want to leave their 18, 19, 20, 25-year marriage, it really boils down to menopause. It boils yes. down to the fact that yeah. you are experiencing all changes. the hormones. Yes, all those hormonal changes and stuff like that, and you start feeling like, oh, I don't want this in my life. I don't want that in my life. I don't want nothing. Yep. <laughs> you know, and so, and so, I think space for us to evolve and feel different things and be knowledgeable about what we're feeling. Let's get that education out there. If we want to educate, instead of educating on uh, changing your agenda, let's educate on the changes that the body goes through biologically. Right, right. And that's one of the reasons why a person at 30 is still trying to find themselves. 35 is still trying to find themselves because all we don't know their history. We don't know where, what, where they come from, what they've gone through, and just the changes of life can, can make you lost. And how many times do people choose a profession or a career or go to school for one thing and then there, there's a young man um, – and he does interior designing now. And I was, so I said to him, I said, well, why don't you go to school for, um, um, vet, I think it was a pediatrician. And he said, yes. He said, but Steph, he said, two years after med school, he said, I was done. <laughs> he said, I was done. He said, because where I was at that time in my life after two years of med school, I wasn't where I was when I first started. And I realized I didn't want to put that kind of time into going, being a pediatrician. I liked interior decorating. I was good at it. I could go and get, like, some kind of degree for it, make my money, and enjoy what I do. And it wouldn't take me no 12, 13, 15 years, and I wouldn't owe all of this tons of money. So, you know, we go through different changes for many, many different reasons. Lady Tamika, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, is this a good thing that across this state it's been decided, listen, at 18, then you can make up your mind and and make your own decision? Honestly, I, I believe that it is. Um, and unbeknownst to um, a lot of our listening environment, it's not just happening there. It is actually happening um, across the board, um, but it's silent in certain states and, and in the state of New York particularly because there are so many different areas that when you open up this area, now you gotta you got to open up this. You know, we have seen it um, happening right before our very eyes, whether we're aware of it or not, you go into a bathroom and it used to just be male on one side, female on, on one side, you know, and then they opened up certain areas that said family oriented. But there are establishments that we have now that literally have the bathroom. It's just the unisex bathroom. Whoever's in there first gets in there and gets out, you know. Um, and there are all different types of signs like that. When we're talking about the school environment, we talked about 
the opening of sanitary napkins in the in the in a men's you know a young man's bathroom in the school. So you know, unbeknownst to us, that agenda is is everywhere. You know, you have teachers that are pushing agendas on children. They go they go home and they're wearing pants as a young man, and then they go in in the classroom. They're changing their name, you know, and giving them different articles of clothing to wear. You know, you can be whoever you want to be in school. You're Charles at home and you're Charlene at school, you know. And I don't think that that should ever be a right, you know, um, with, especially without involving the parent. You know, the parent is the guardian. And so the, it, it's almost as though the parent loses the right when it comes to the school. You know, you've got certain books that are read at school that shouldn't be read, you know. And so I think it is important that you give them the time. The body is doing all kinds of stuff. And in that time frame, if when you start to change things, you don't know how that's going to affect them down the road. You know, also, um, depending on what, I, I don't know how to verbalize this the right way, but when you have that, that transition in your body, um, it doesn't work like it should. You know, you have a functioning body. If you have a apparatus as a male, and um, you change it, you also have issues. Same thing with a female. If you were born a female and you're given an apparatus, it doesn't work like it should. And so now you have to deal with, okay, now I've been changed and I can't function like I should sexually prior to you even having sex, you know, being introduced to this. You have all types of agendas being read and 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 you can get really confused and lost in all kinds of stuff. And so I definitely say give give a child the, the the time to really fully make that decision. And if that's what you choose to do after that time frame, then then so be it. But not prior to that. You shouldn't have the the, the flexibility to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, we've got our wow story. So. You have uh, Mayor Adams who has merged or integrated <laughs> church and state. You know, um, they are after him, of course, now because they're saying it's always been church and state separate. He should know this. He's been a cop. He's been a this. He's, been, he's now a mayor. And he should know better. And, you know, should this be a big thing or shouldn't it, shouldn't it be a big thing? Uh, Elton Atisha. <laughs> I knew you were going to. You know. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn for the first leg. <laughs> Um, I, you, you know, this is why I, I'm slow to, 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 um, to just jump on stuff. I just, that's why I just, I just don't jump on stuff because I think, you know, when we see people move in unorthodox ways uh, that seem out of the norm in, in spaces and places and move in ways that we don't understand, um, then, of course, there's going to be backlash, and I think that this is another one of those things. I think this is him being true to how he's, how he's moved, right, to be unorthodox, to say things that people deem as uh, ridiculous, to 
focused or to um, have a way of thinking that is out of the box, that is not the norm, and that people have described as dumb, stupid, you know, like just all kinds of things. And I think there are those now in Congress that are saying the same thing about this particular unorthodox statement that he has made because it is, you know, going against the First Amendment. However, he's utilizing his rights, that is also a part of the First Amendment, to right. exercise uh, freedom of religion and freedom of religion and freedom mm-hmm. of speech. So he is yep. still, he's still operating within his First Amendment right, which is so interesting. Again, this is why out-of-the-box thinkers tend to function and move in ways that people don't understand. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I happen to have that type of husband, and so it causes me to kind of be a little slow because in our first early years, I used to jump down his throat about every little thing. Like, I just don't understand that. I don't I, – that, that's not clear. That, 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 what is that? What, what kind of decision is this? Um, and then later on, you realize that, okay, wait a minute. You had something going on here. You, you had a thought to there. There's, there's some type of method to the madness in regards to the way you think. And it doesn't mean you're going to hit the target every time. But there is a method to the madness. So he's going to get backlash for this. Um, However, I appreciate his boldness. I appreciate his courage to be able to do this. I think that his bars were accurate. They were biblically sound and accurate. Um, Let's see what happens. I I applaud the fact that we pray for there to be remnants in these spaces. If he is, in fact, um, part of God's plan to be light in the midst of darkness, then I'm praying for him and I'm supporting him and I'll never speak out against him. Okay, dokie. Lady Tamika, what say you? You know, uh, the people in Congress are the ones now, uh, it ain't the people. It's the people in Congress are the ones now who are now like, yo, you should know better. Well, what's going on in your head? I actually applaud him for being um, driven enough and strong enough to verbalize a principle like that. We have had other uh, individuals, not in in his role, but in, in the political field, who have used that platform um, in, a, in a very um, demure um, way, meaning that they they said it, but it was kind of underneath the tone. And he just came straight out and said, hey, this is the way that things should be. And honestly, they should. You know, if, if, if we pattern all of life after the Bible, we wouldn't have half. We wouldn't even have – we would alleviate 99.9% of the issues that transpire in life. But because we have decided to uh, use the eraser on this part, pencil in that part, and scrape that part off and use a hot knocker on that part, this is where things like that transpire. Now, if, you know, you are using that as a truth, then I stand behind you, you know, and I say all for it, you know. But then there also is the concern that, you know, you didn't have um, as much as a fellowship as you thought you had, and you use that to um, gather people then that's, a, that's another concern. So, you know, we can't read his mind. I'm hoping and praying that when you verbalize that, that that's exactly what you meant, then, you know, I'm all for it. 
you know, but let's let, if that's what you mean, then, then stand firm, you know, and I, I pray that there are no other, you know, circumstances that would follow such a statement. All righty, all righty, all righty. And Shanti's. Oh, man. Uh, it's kind of out of, I think if he's catching a lot of his peers off guard because I guess if he hasn't, um, like, stood on this platform or really kind of like, made it obvious that I do stand on this even though I'm not verbal about it a lot, even though I, you know, I don't speak on it as much or when it's time to address certain topics, I don't indirectly or directly slide this some way somehow into my explanation, so on and so forth. But, I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, anyone's faith or anything, it's always going to try to get shut down, especially with it now being a lot more obvious that they're willing to introduce or reintroduce any and everything else, schools or jobs or wherever. Um, but I think for the most part it's just now catching off guard. It's almost like, okay, so who is this person and where is this coming from? Because this is not who, you know, we know you to be, you know, like they say, well, you you were sworn in to uphold this amendment, and you were sworn in to do this, and you were sworn in to, like, you're just supposed to focus on this task. Like, that's your job. We ain't got nothing to do with who you believe in, what you believe in. So, like, keep that away from us because we, we're not interested in that part of you. We're interested in this part who said, yes, I agree to focus on this and do my part with this on so I think for them, it's just more of like a, okay, where is this coming from? All right, all right. Um, glad to hear the stance um, personally. Glad to hear the stance. Um, Vivian always calls him my favorite mayor, <laughs> my favorite person. Um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, there's a stance that's taken for, from any politician. It has nothing to do with him from any politician. My, my, my further thought is, my prayer is that now that you have said um, something so accurate, you know, because we all, we, we all preach that, you know, once they took prayer out of school, all hell broke loose. So he says, you know, once you took prayer out of schools, now you replaced it with guns. And you're accurate. The only reason why, one of the reasons why we don't have the gun issue here in New York is because we have metal detectors. So, you know, we don't have that big problem the way the outside states do. Um, My prayer is that he would now begin to maybe work that into the school. You know, whatever say he can possibly have, whatever way he could possibly introduce um, this practice and put this back into school, or at least if it's not, okay, put the prayer back in school, but at least open it up, open it up to, you know, where if, 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 a, if a principal wanted to, because we have a lot more African-American principals now than we did years ago, and most, you know, people are, 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 are church Christian-goers, Christian people. So my prayer is that you now somehow, whatever uh, uh, power you have, whatever authority you have, you can now help 
uh, uh, teachers and principals who do stand on a Christian platform in their lives if they can have a Christian club. I remember, do y'all remember years ago when you had a, a religious instruction for the Catholic people? Do y'all remember that? Oh, it's silent. I guess not. I thought you. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were about to say. Do you remember in the in the schools they had like the Christian club or you know whatever your faith or your religion was? You know, so you had this club, that club, that club. You know, the Christian club. You know, this. You know, and it was just a club. You know, it wasn't something that stood out more than the other ones, especially on the college campuses. Right. And now it's just completely going. <laughs> Like, you're yeah. shot down, right. like, we like strike you dead if you come up in here talking about God. Yeah, I mean, on, on the, on the, no. on the campuses, it, it is there. Um, but, like, elementary school, junior high school, high school. But I remember when I was going to school, there were children who were pulled out for religious instruction. And that was for the Catholics. I do remember that. Okay, well, I don't think you would remember Chantis, but somewhere like Elton Itisha, maybe Lady Tamika, I remember that very, you know, specifically. And my thing was, well, it wasn't like it wasn't done. It wasn't like there was no religion in the school. So, so that's my prayer. My prayer is now that you've taken the stance and you've allowed people to see, you know, where you actually stand um, and you would have the support. Of, of your constituents, you know, now now hopefully we can get some power to these principals and teachers and superintendents and things like that to be able to implement something in the school for those who desire it. Because, listen, we all know the power of prayer. If 25% of the school had prayer, then that could make the difference. That could be the turn and the change. So, you know, prayerfully, that that might be able to happen, and, and, and that I would love to be able to see. All right. Uh, I didn't have a particular topic because um, I wasn't feeling that well last night. And as we were talking, something came to mind. And I've had this on the table before, but just ne- we never got to it and, and, and on any on any one of our days. And I wanted to talk to you ladies about it, especially with this particular topic coming up. And it's why people are leaving the church. You know, why are people denouncing church? Why are people leaving the church? You know, we, we, we are finding that people are not really church hopping much. Once they leave, they leave altogether. They leave in God they leaving everything. They're not going to another church a lot of times. And I wanted us to just kind of take, you know, take this and give it some thought. And one of the reasons they say is because people have gotten out of the habit of it. You know, I guess with the COVID uh, break and, and, you know, people have, we've talked about this before, how they've, you know, stayed behind the veil of, of the screen. And if I can get these you know, church services on Zoom, um, on Facebook, on uh, was it YouTube? Then I don't need to go. What do you think, um, Lady Tamika? 
It's funny that that should come up. I was speaking to an individual um, earlier um, with regard to that. And, you know, I I mentioned that it is important to gather, to congregate. There is an essential, an essence um, that is missing when um, you don't gather, you know. And it has become truly convenient in the fact that you know, I can sit in the comfort of my home and my pajamas. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, you know, uh, uh, conform to what it is that you're doing. You know, while y'all are clapping and singing, I can wash my dishes. You know, I can, you know, those type of things. I can get two things done. I can get my worship and still handle this and that. I can plug it into my ear and still function as I normally do, you know. And so the the ideal of gathering together um, is not becoming as important, you know, and you'll see that um, on all frames um, across the board. All right. What say you, Shantice, uh, when it comes to why people are leaving the church? They're just out of the habit. Absolutely. The pandemic helped a lot of people stay or become lazy. So now with um, a lot more churches being accessible via social media, via Zoom, it's like, oh, and I've had so many people say to me during the pandemic, like, see, see, I've been telling people, you don't have to be in the church building. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, shut up. You just wanted an excuse or something to back up your theory. You know, there was a, a time for it, and then there was a time to go back. But if you already have it set in your mind that, like, you know, because if if you really want to go, because guess what? When it was time to go back to work, everybody went back to work. No matter what was a habit, there were some jobs where, you know, working virtually was never a consideration. And since the pandemic, a lot of people were given the option. You know, would you like to work from home or would you like to come in? Or, you know, half the week is broken up where I work virtually and then the other half of the week I go in. But when it came time to go back to work, like there were no virtual options, guess where you were? Because ain't no more pandemic money being handed out. Ain't no more, what, what, what was the other the, the other name of the money? No, I was in PPE. The other one. Was that in PPE? No, what, what was the, the $600 check? What were those? Right, the stimulus. You know, ain't no more stimulus money going around, so... If I work at Burger King or if I work for this company where working virtually is not an option, then I have a choice to make. Do I sit in my habit of being used to being at home or do I leave my house and go get this money? So it it was another excuse. You just didn't want to go to church. I was an IT show. You know, I was reading an article and they were saying they were giving churches suggestions as to what to do with their church space um, in in the absence of people. <laughs> it's like, okay, you ain't got the people coming out no more, so here's what you do with your church space to kind of, you know, if you need the money, you know, because a, a lot of times people ain't coming out, they ain't paying tithes. So they, that's how bad it's gotten that most churches have really taken a decline in their church attendance and – it's, it's taking a minute to kind of build again. 
Yeah, I, you know, I actually um, had done this research because um, I was talking about it in a sermon when I was talking about the sanctuary is still necessary. And Barner Group actually uh, had done some research at Christian Today, and they reported that in 2019, 45% of um, African Americans attended religious service. But then by 2021 and 2022, that dropped to 30%, which was a difference of about 15%. Um, And they talked about the fact that this was um, higher in certain ethnic ethnic groups. Um, And they also made the connection between the lack of uh, individuals that dropped, um, that that 15% drop of people attending religious services. You can also see a correlation between an increase of social dismay within specific communities. And so I thought that that was very interesting, um, you know, with this idea of people not coming to church. I think there's a number of reasons, right, why. It's not just related to the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, um, our sanctuaries became so irreverent to the things of God. Um, I think ministers, pastors, leaders mishandled the pulpit. Um, and begin to mix carnality with spiritual instruction so that when a, purpose stood, when a person, a leader, stood behind the sacred desk and, and opened their mouth saying that they were proclaiming the word of the Lord, but it was mixed with spiritual truth and carnalism that, that began to turn people off. It was the abuse that would come from the pulpit. It was the reckless behavior of individuals who you looked at and thought the church represented one thing and you saw something else. So I think even prior to the pandemic, people became disillusioned with, um, with, with, with the church. And it's because we moved away from highlighting Jesus and lifting up Jesus and simply proclaiming his gospel message and his gospel message alone. And I think that, All the pandemic did was say, oh, good, yes, (laughs) I ain't got to go there. (laughs) I ain't got to be there. If I was wrapped up in this and it was a part of my religious uh, exercise, now the pandemic has come, and so, yes, I ain't got to go. And now that the pandemic is over, yeah, I don't want to return to that because it it, it was a mess, and it's been a mess. Um, I think the lifestyle of individuals, I'm not going to just put it all on leaders, but I think the lifestyle of individuals, I think social media um, exposes us in a way that really shows, you know, how we can live one way, you know, on, on Sunday or, you know, or in moments, we can have these religious eye-opening uh, statements and posts, but then, you know, every other day, we can, we can, you know, find you in your stories at a house party, halfway naked someplace. I just, it's just social media has exposed so much, so, so much. And I think it's the inconsistency of, you know, it's the inconsistency of, of us just pointing to Jesus that has caused people to just lose faith in the church. I don't think people have lost faith in God, per se. I know a lot of people that have just lost faith in church. Um, I, I, just, just a quick example, um, a young man that I am praying for. I am praying for him. But this young man planted a church, and um, the church has been in existence for five years. And all of a sudden, 
I mean, and young people were flocking to the church, flocking to the church, young adults flocking to the church, growing, good, just just church, good, community, they found community. This man, all of a sudden, decided that he has fallen in love with somebody else and has now left his wife, but their three small kids under the age of seven. Wow. And has left the church and sent a letter to the church. He what? No more. He sent a letter to the church. Sent a wow. letter to the church saying, I, res- I resign. Sorry I let y'all down. Wow. <laughs> what do you do with that? What wow. do you do with that? So now you got wow. all these young adults who don't understand. You got all the dudes that he pulled from the street corners because he was relatable that was wow. sitting there saying, what? And literally, wow. as they were reading the letter, the people began to get up and walk out the church. Wow. Wow. What, wow. What do, you, what do you do with that? How do, you, how, how do you minister to that? How do you minister to the heart to that except to say we've got to separate the man from the church? Wow. You see? So wow. I think that there are a, a, a number of reasons why people have become disillusioned with church. Wow, and it's, wow. It's, we've, stopped, we've stopped pointing to God and we've stopped exemplifying him. Wow, 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 wow. That must have been a big disappointment to many. Oh, oh. Well, you, make sure you text me his name, and, and I'll lift him okay. in prayer as well. Uh, and hope that this is just a momentary lapse of <laughs> love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other... Uh, <laughs> You just went all across the board, girl. Um, we uh, they they talk about the fact that you know after graduation, people felt liberated. They after graduating from high school, people just stopped going. And uh, who is it? Shantice, I think we start with you now. You said last part again. The, they graduated from high school. They're saying that one of the reasons why people stopped going to church is because once they graduated high school, that was it. Yeah, especially if you grew up in a family where, okay, you, you're this age, so you do what I say as far as going to church. I'm going to church, and now you're going to church. And it's like, okay, I enjoy that elementary, I enjoy that junior high, I enjoy that high school. Now, I graduated high school, I'm grown. I don't have to go anymore. I shouldn't be forced. Like these words, I'm like slowly hating. Um, so forced to go. You know, now it's time for me to spread my wings. You know, it's time for me to, if I'm interested in going to college, I may want to go away. And one of the main reasons why I want to go away is that I'm not here to hear you say it's time to get up to church. I'm going to go away to school. And make a mess of myself, only to come back and meet church. Like, <laughs> like it's just like so. We take ourselves on this merry-go-round, but yeah, because it's I graduate high school, I have the mentality that I'm grown and I can now live life, and every choice I make should be mine. And I don't want to hear any of your advice, and I don't want to take any of your guidance because I got this now. Thank you for helping me get to this point. 
I didn't really felt like I needed you anyway, but now that I'm 17, 18, 19 years old, I'm good now. All right, all right, all right. Well, Elton Itisha, you know, we, we uh, you know, as as the old people used to say, you start feeling yourself. Ha! <laughs> When you get, you know, a certain age and mm-hmm. they're saying, you know, this is one of the reasons and this is one of the points when people leave uh, and stop going to church. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a, a big truth that, you know, you, you, you figure you first, you, you know, you're following the rules that your parents set for you and then you're like, you know what, I want to experience this for myself. I want to figure it out. I want to know what it's like to get drunk. I want to know what it's like. To go to a party, you know, because you you start you start feeling like you're missing something. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what that's yep. like um, because you feel like you're missing something, right? So it's always um, the, the you know that the grass is greener, you know, on the other side until you get out there for yourself and you experience it, and then you're like, oh no, I took my trees. Can I come back to Jesus? Jesus, take me back, you know? But, um, yeah, it really it has everything to do with just wanting to experience life and, and, and not taking the testimony of those who have been set before you to say, you don't have to make those same mistakes. You don't have to fall into those pit holes because I've done it for you already. And I'm telling you, right. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I did it. It's nothing good in it. But you're like, yeah, let me see. All right, then. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you know, your girl, your your third leg, as her mama, and she had a terrible, oh, my, oh, Lord, she had a terrible habit where I would say, okay, listen, that hole is like five feet ahead of you, to the left about two centimeters, and then kind mm-hmm. of diagonal five mm-hmm. inches. Don't step in the hole. It's there. She had to step in the hole. And then she would always come back. Ma, you told me don't step in that hole, but you were right. Oh, there's no no joy in that. Being right. Right, right. You know, and Elder Natisha, you know you're raising young ladies. And, you know, when when you try to stop them, when you tell them, you know, sticking to this particular point, um, Lady Tamika, you know, when you when you try to when you raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, you raise them up, you know, because the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and you know, and and they war against that because everybody wants independence. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have I heard people say, "I want to try that religion for myself," you know, "I want to I want to mm-hmm. do that." you know, for myself, and, you know, you, you can't, you don't want to shoot a person for, 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 for trying and wanting to explore and, you know, but, but it just, again, like you said, Elder and I teach you, you just don't have to learn everything for yourself. You mm-hmm. just don't. Lady Tamika, you just don't have to learn everything for yourself. So although you're at the high school level and you've graduated, uh, church is a place you really need. Yeah, and as a <laughs> preacher's child, <coughs> we live life differently. You know, um, we're given the guidelines. Everything that we have, you know, 
that we need is literally laid out right there in front of us, you know. And our guardians, our parents, whether it's mother and father, just mother or father, um, they give us the guidelines because they know what's out there, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I can honestly say um, when I went to college, I, I, I preferred to go to a college that was nowhere near the state that I lived. I wanted to be able to experience things. <laughs> and honestly, excuse me, the first thing that I did, was I said I was going to do it on my own. Everything that, that you told me to do, I decided that I was going to do the total opposite, you know, to the point that, you know, it's kind of like when, when a child is a baby. The first thing you say, don't stand by the stove, don't touch it, it's hot, you know, hot, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> if you're like me, you know, as, as a child, you say, don't touch, it's hot. And what's the first thing the child does? They stick their hand on the stove, ah, you're crying, and, you know, you go through this whole series of things, when mom and dad told you, you know, don't do that, you know. And even in my adult life, I remember, you know, going to college and I'm going to go to this party, you know, because I remember when I was at home, I couldn't go to this party and I couldn't hang with these friends and I couldn't do that. You know, now I'm an adult or so I think, and I go to this party and there's not only a fight, but they're shooting. And I got bullets running past my ear, literally hearing it as it goes past you. You know, that's a sound that you never forget. You know, so it's no longer me sticking my hand on the stove. It's my life in jeopardy. And I'm standing on the side of the car down by the wheel as far and low as I possibly can to keep my life, you know. And so it is important that we keep those things, you know. Yeah, you're going to stray. And I did. I did stray. But, hey, I came right on back. But I realized the chaos that I could be in, woo, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. In comparison to, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. And you know you 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 can't you you can't pick it you can't guess it you can't there's no guarantee of it but you you there's this assumption that you're gonna make it back mm, and mm, years mm-hmm, ago mm-hmm. it seemed like Jesus. it was diff- making it back was different than now mm. in many different ways and you know what? I'm gonna put that out on the table. I'm going to put that out on the floor, rather. You know, making it back, you know, also I'm going to parallel that, too, when people say, oh, you know, I remember somebody telling me, well, you know, Steph, give so-and-so some time. You know, we had, you know, um, some time to, you know, it took us time. That's what she said. It took us time, um, and this wasn't a young person, by the way, this big brown and a senior citizen. Well, you know, you got to be patient, Steph, and give them time, because, you know, it took us time to get there. I won't say what I said. I'll I'll put it on the floor. And I, I'm going to start with you, Lady Tamika, since that's where we ended. Um, you know, we, back, you said you, you came right back. These days and times, coming back is a bit different. Yeah. We, we have... <laughs> The, the the broadcast itself, the news, and all types of things, you will see that you don't always get that opportunity. You decide that you're going to mm-hmm. veer off, and that veer off is the end of not just that moment, but the end of your life. You know, God is calling. The, things are different now. <clears throat> you you don't have the playtime that you have, you know. When, when Big Mama and them were saying, you know, time is sure to come and it's right around the corner, it's a lot more, you know, they, 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 you know, they were saying it's around the corner and they're gone. You know, they lived a long, 
beautiful life and and they're gone but now when when it's mentioned you know and it's and and the sad part about it is we don't mention it as much as they did and we have less time than they had absolutely absolutely Mm. they always say Mm. we don't talk fire and brimstone like they used to because people don't want to hear it they say people that the reason why we don't preach fire and brimstone is because people don't want to hear it no i got my mailbox for the happy to go to hellas that's what I. That's what I call it. Go ahead. <laughs> that's your dead mailbox right there. Go ahead to the happy. To, join the happy to go to hellers. Uh, Shantice, you know we don't have the time. I mean, even as a millennial, um, you know what does that say to you? You know, you took your time and you played in the field, and now you're looking at what other people who are playing in the field are facing. Yeah, it's funny. I just said to someone. Um, like I remember growing up, I remember being a teenager and saying, oh, I don't get baptized, like, not now, though. But, you know, maybe, like, in my 30s. And when I got, like, older and saying, and especially when I did get baptized, I was like, wow, I just knew I was going to make it to 30. I almost didn't make it to 29. And I just knew I was going to make it to 30 plus, you know. And I see how... For whatever God's reason was, he, he let me rock for a long time doing me, doing me. And then it got to a point where he said, all right, in the streets, you say cap, meaning I got to limit you here. Like, that's it. That's it. I got to cap you here. But if I keep letting you go, you'll get to a point where you really won't be trying to hear me. And you'll really be a lot more far out there. And it's not, it doesn't mean that God isn't capable of rescuing or bringing anybody back regardless of how out there they may be or see. But how how much more of an enemy to myself would I have been? I would have made my journey even longer. I would have been even slower than what I am. I would have been, I would have had to recover from so much more. There was already a lot of nasty habits I had developed by the time I said yes at 30. There were so many you know, things about me that I didn't realize. I didn't realize I was a functioning alcoholic. I didn't realize I was a this. I didn't realize I was a that. I didn't realize until it was time, until God said it's time to stop. And I'm like, oh, I drink, drink. Oh, I thought I just drink. This is serious, God. Okay. You know, or I knew I was boy crazy or men crazy, but I'm actually men retarded. Oh, that's the level I'm on. Okay. But if he didn't cap it, there's, I would have been even more out there. You know, so when people, you know, and <laughs> when God says now, like, go say something to somebody, it's like, okay, Jesus, I thought you loved me. Why do you keep sending me to talk to people who ain't trying to hear you, which means they ain't trying to hear me. You gave me the six tips. That's how to speak language. I don't know their language, but you keep sending it to them. But if everyone keeps thinking they can take their time, and especially if they knew me when or when I tell my story, it's like, but you, you grew up in the faith and you didn't do right. And do you want to you still be slow? you want to still be dumb? you want to still have these bad habits? You know, it's like everyone keeps thinking they, they have time because they don't feel like they're ready. But I keep telling people if God is writing you now, it's because it's time now. 
But the longer you wait, the more out there you're going to be and the more difficult it's going to be for you, not for God. It's the more difficult you are going to make it for you. You're going to take yourself through a lot more headache and turmoil and not him. You know, he's he good. He's chilling. He can handle all that. You're going to get sick of you. And how much longer are you willing to sit in this lifestyle that you claim you hate or, you know, being around people that you claim you don't like being around or doing things you claim you don't like doing anymore? But because everyone's figured, well, it's 3 o'clock, it's 3 3, I ain't dead yet, so I can make it to 5 3. No, we, we don't know that. All right, all right. Elder Tisha, you know, we don't have the time we used to have. Period. This, um, this, I, I needed to hear Shartisa's testimony. I needed to hear Tamika talk about how she came back. I needed to hear this. Um, I literally was sitting on the edge of my bed last night. Uh, with with pain in my chest, and I said, Father, um, my daughter, and that's all I could say was, Father, my daughters, my daughters, I'm faithful and I'm doing everything that I need to do, and I keep showing up, but there's a pain in my chest, God, because I need you. I need you to save my daughter. So thank you, Shantice, for your testimony. Thank you, Lady Tamika, for your testimony, because it just it continues to fortify um, my faith that that they'll that they're coming back. But Amen. to this point of of mm-hmm. um, but to to this, this point of um you know not having the time that you think you have, do you know the damage that you do to yourself right. while you are That's out right. there? Mm. So whether you have the time mm. or not, it's the damage mm. that's being done. And Shanti mm. said something so poignant. She said I didn't realize how deep in I was until God capped it. Do you understand how powerful that is, Shanti? That statement by itself, I didn't even realize that how deep I had fallen into a thing until God capped it. Because here I'm thinking I'm just having fun. Here I'm thinking, oh, I'm just drinking socially, not realizing that, wait a minute, the enemy was trying to drag me and pull me down Mm -hmm. to be an alcoholic. And so... this is the problem with thinking that time is your right. friend. That's Whether right. time is or right. is, time is not your friend. Even if That's you're right. thinking, well, yes, I'm going, I'm going to live to see 30. That's not a yep. guarantee. But okay, let's, yep. let's give you that. Let's give you the fact that you think you're going to see 30. By the time you get to 30, what That's have right. you have done to yourself? Right. How much baggage right. do you right. have put on yourself? How, what kind of layers and deliverance will you now need at the foot of Jesus because of the time that you wasted while you were yep. out there? Layers upon layers of emotional yep. distress, mental anguish, spiritual dysfunction, all yep. kind of stuff is being buried onto you the longer that you take to give yep. your life to Jesus. So no. You do not have time. You don't have time. You're killing yourself while you are out here thinking you have time. That's right. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. You ladies always show up and show out. Um, You allow God to use you mightily. Amen, amen, amen. 
And uh, I, I give God thanks. You know, again, we never know the direction the conversations will take. And to give God thanks right now for, you know, where he sticks a pin. Um, because he's answered. Because, Elton, I teach you, you ended up saying something that I needed. <laughs> you uh, you weren't the only one sitting on the side of the bed, girl. You weren't the only one sitting on the side of the bed. Um, but giving God thanks for all of your, your, your testimonies and your conversation, your contribution to this conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. Have a blessed day, Amen, everyone. amen, amen. Oh, it's the top of a Wednesday morning, and there's only one thing we have left to do. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well. How are you? Your voice was hoarse yesterday. How are you doing over there today? (laughs) I'm a little better. I thank you, though. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) All right, Pastor Charlotte. This is an easy faith over fear to go into. You know, we, we got time. I've had so many people tell me, and I know you and Elder Natisha and, you know, those of us who pastor, people say, I want to live. Oh, you don't even know what living is about. You think you're living now. And they don't realize that time is a lot shorter. So there's a fear of losing life instead of giving it to the Lord. What's the faith over fear you got for us today? Amen. A lot of times um, when we're in situations, we don't even know the damage that we are doing. And I thank you, ladies, first for um, all that has been said about it because we all have our testimony and we all have things of, you know, where our children are not in the right place. So I, I thank you for the encouragement as well. Um, we, when we get out there, you know, we, first of all, we need God in everything that we do. And when we're out there doing what we think we big and bad to do, we dismiss, um, even the, the, uh, PK children. Um, like I have said, I had hung with them and I had went into a dark place where I thought that they would be the ones to uh, hold on to me and teach me the right way. Um, but I didn't know that when I got finally really start knowing them and hanging out with them, um, I got caught up into going in the opposite way. But we will still show up every um, time when the church door opened, um, not just on Sunday uh, or Wednesday, but every time when they had something, you know, and I was thinking of, when because we need Jesus, when we get into a dark place, right, and when you were saying to why we stopped going to the church house, um, I thought of of that dark place when you get there and how that so many people say, well, I don't need to go there, you know, but I know God for myself. 
but then when you're talking to them, they're not even reading the Bible, you know, and it takes just that one time like, oh, well, you know what, I'm not going to do it today, I'll wait till tomorrow, then tomorrow come, next thing you know, a month went by, next thing you know, a year went by, and you're not even in line at all anymore. I remember when I had met this guy, and I had was really full into the church, and um, at the, be- of the beginning of my church um, time, and he was reading the newspaper, and I was on the other side of the couch reading the Bible, and before I knew it, I had fell into not reading. I fell into not even wanting to get up to go to any service at all, and I had got into this dark place, and then I had to, one day, the Lord tapped me, as Brother Al said, on my shoulder because there was so much chaos start coming around me. But I'm calling on the Lord, but I had one foot over here and one foot over there, and that's what this dark place will do to you, right? So I had to be able to say, God, I need you. I'm sorry, repentive, you know, and knowing of, God, I need your forgiveness because I have strayed away. So before you even know it, you got so, I got so far out to where that I couldn't see my way. But I thank God that he was able to snatch me back and to put me in back into the light with him because it was, when I say all hell broke loose around me, All hell broke loose around me, and I couldn't understand what was going on, but I was missing that peace with Jesus, and that's where we end up falling, of missing that peace with Jesus. No, we don't have time to play. No, look around us. Look what we're hearing on it's due time. Look what we're seeing on the news. Just look around in your community that all is going on. We have no time. We say all the time, you've got to be able to call on Jesus. You've got to pray. You've got to be able to have the relationship for yourself and don't depend on those that are going on or those that are telling you, no, learn him for yourself. How many people say, you know what, tomorrow and don't even see tomorrow? What about right now? We don't know what can happen in this next moment, in this next second. We have to be able to know that to put our trust in God, you need him now. You have to be able to know that your back is against the wall and you got to fight for your life every day to stay focused. Stop going and stop having a relationship is the wrong thing. Look at the people who minds that's walking around here and their minds is all over the place. They don't even know where they are. No, the enemy don't want you to be able to come to Christ. The enemy is not your friend. Anybody who that you are hanging with that is not going in the same direction, you've got to let them go. That is the fear that we have with God, our children, and people. We get in a situation and don't understand how we got here, and you was praising God, and you might have been able to be on, um, what is that, uh, have worship with the Lord all the time. Thank you, Lord. Having worship with him all the time, and you start sliding. It's easy to slide 
it's easy to slide back, but it's going to be even harder for you to be able to come to him. Call to the Lord. Don't be able to trust and believe in him. No matter what it look like, trust him. No matter what it feel like, trust him. Listen, I'm telling you from my own experience, please don't think that you got time. We don't know the time or the hour. We don't know when he's going to close our eyes. I had a friend that just went across the street, thought that she was going to be all right. She went across the street and never to go to the store and never made it back to her house. Never. She died before she got from the store across the street to the building on the other side. We don't know. You don't never know. We don't know why, you know, God, we don't know the time of the hour when God is going to call us, and we don't know why we do the things. Search yourself. You know why you're doing what you're doing. Search yourself. Come up and stand and be that man or that woman and know that God is there with you, and he will be able to lead you. He's the only one that really got your back. He said, trust no man. So I say to you on this day, if you have been not of service, and you haven't had that relationship, and that Bible got that dust on it, and you don't know where to start, start today. Ask God for forgiveness. Start today. Call on his name. Start today. Ask him to show you the way, who to be around. This is your day. This is your time right now. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte, for that fantastic Faith Over Fear segment. Today, we pray you have a blessed day. Amen. You do, you do the Amen. same. God bless you all. Amen. Uh, that's the prayer for today. That's the prayer. That's the prayer and the benediction. Pastor Charlotte just gave it. You know, as the ladies were talking, my mind went to the verse that says, when you know what to do, but you don't do it, it is a sin. So a lot of times I try to explain to people, God didn't introduce you to that for you to take your time to get it done. When God introduces it to you, it, the time is now. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what state of life you're in. I don't care what you're doing at the time. When God knocks on the door, he's knocking on your door. And slow obedience is disobedience. And I always say, my, my, my analogy is always, life's effects is either a nail or a screw. Sometimes we do things, and when we mess up so badly, we get to a point where we say yes to God, yes to your will, yes to your way. Certain things are going to be like a nail. All you have to do is get that hammer, take it out the wall, it comes right out, things will pop just like that, right back into place. Other things, as the ladies were saying and describing, it's going to be like that screw effect. You're going to have to keep on turning and turning, and turning, and it's going to take a minute to undo everything that was done in your disobedient state. 
see, this is this is why it's time to come to God now. Because when God starts knocking on the door, he holds you accountable for everything he gives you. He says, I winked at you during your time of ignorance. And even our children, even our children, when we, when, when we have raised them and God, you know, I'm looking at how God is, is dealing with children now. Our children are, are much smarter. They're much more alert than, than children from years ago. And I, why? Because a lot of the parents are failing. So God has got to get to the kids because parents are just like, they're just a bunch of dodos. And they're not directing their children properly. They're not living properly. They're not giving proper examples. So God has got to get to the children. So our wise children are being given from earlier now. And unfortunately, as they get older, things are going to get a little harder for them because God has already given them. They already know. So as they get older and they get into the age and the time of accountability, it's going to be a whole lot different. And that's why a lot of our children and our young adults are suffering a lot heavier now than they were years ago and than we were years ago. You know, we, 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 we played around. We thought we had time and God gave us the time. But you can see now people are not even living till senior citizen age anymore. They're not living at 50 good. So time is, is, is winding up, as they say, even more so than when great-grandma used to say that, great-grandpa used to say that. No, it's different now. And I always say death would be a favor. Death would be a favor to some. Because, like Pastor Charlotte said, that mental illness, you know, I, I know someone who, who I, I asked, or ever, ever since I've been knowing this person, they've been kind of, you know, not all there. And I asked the brother, I said, well, whatever happened to so-and-so? And they said, well, such and such a thing happened, and so-and-so never came back home the same. We don't know what happened. All we know is he left, and he came back different so he's living but what's the quality of life and that's not the only story i've heard i've heard of another individual leaving the house young went out took some drugs everybody else was fine but he was never the same again and has lived a very low quality level of life you know it's it's we we can't we we can't put our finger on this thing. The time is now. The ladies have said it. The time is now. Tomorrow, my my closing is always tomorrow. Later is not promised to us. There have been so many instances. The lady in the store, she's trying to get her phone fixed. The car drives through the window of Sprint and kills her. I'm just in there get my phone fixed. Like Pastor Sean just said, people leave out, and you must pray and ask God to get you back home safely. Because we don't know when the end time is. Please accept Jesus right now, because we may not make it back. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. 
as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's past the step signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity right now to give Jesus your life. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Therapeutic Thursday? God spare our life. I love you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.